Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. All right, everybody's looking good. Don't see any bad hair days out there, so I think we're ready to go. We want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is January 31st, 2022 at 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. And this hour is a special hour. This is the Global Watch. We're calling it the Global Watch Family Time. And during this time, we're having a conversation about some things that the Lord is prompting us to do that will mean a temporary shift in our schedule. And so we wanted to speak with you about what we feel we need to do, why we feel like we need to do it so that we can all have a discussion about it, come together in both understanding and agreement. So could we have the world-renowned uh, Lena Momjin, could you open, uh, unmute yourself and just open us up in prayer? Yeah, Father, we dedicate this time to you, Lord. Our, <clears throat> we set our eyes on you. We set our hearts on you, Father. We come desiring to hear from you and to, to serve your purposes, Lord. Uh, we ask that you would you anoint the message, that you anoint the speaker, Lord, that you bring understanding to every heart, Lord, that we would know our own assignments, that we would know uh, that our hearts would be transformed during this hour, Lord. Let your will be done in our midst, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you that you're preparing our hands for war and our fingers for battle. And we thank you, Lord, that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we just agree with this song, Psalm 145, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. That is your word, Lord, and, and, and we're just thankful for it as we go about our business today in the Global Watch and as we are as you're preparing our hands for war and our fingers for battle, we just say, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered today in Yeshua's name. Susan, do you want to just tell us a little bit about what, what we're doing, what you've, what we've been prompted to do in the direction that we're... First of all, thank you everyone for coming on board this morning. I felt like the Lord said, let praise be your plane, the plane, airplane this year. It'll be the place where God takes us and lands us safely no matter what the circumstances are he's going to if we lift him up in praise he's going to land us right where he wants us and so that's a message that i believe this year is starting out with and i think the second part of that the gas and the engine is going to be compassion we were part of the ihop 24-hour uh, presentation this year for new years and uh, while we were doing the recording I think I told some of you about this, but I'm just going to reiterate it because I see it emerging in conversations and in words that are coming out, and it's the word compassion. But while we were recording, I felt this crack. I don't know if I felt it or I heard it. And then all of a sudden, just a really sense of God's outpouring of his spirit and an overwhelming sense of his compassion. And I turned to the team and saw a few of the others 
weeping in the back as well. And I was about to go on to do my part. And I thought, I, I can't do this. I'm a mess. And I said, hey, guys, we're going to just drop everything. And I've got to flow with this. What we ended up doing, I don't even remember what I said, but it was about a release of God's compassion over the nations. And compassion is the key that unlocks the door to God's healing. And in spite of what the news will want to bring to us, I believe we're entering into a time where we're going to see not only physical healings and emotional healing um, that supernaturally is a measure of God's glory, but the healing of the nations as well. And that will require governmental shifts. And we won't get into the weeds on that today. But so during the Bend the Heavens, we had a session with a, a group of physicians from across the nations. And a physician from Egypt brought forth the issue of Esther and that behind this COVID situation is a spirit of Haman who really uh, was after killing all the Jews. And if you look at it is in a bigger picture, this, there's a spirit that's behind this that's driving fear, death, destruction, grief, division. We can hardly talk about the vaccine without people coming up with strong opinions, and it's dividing the camp unnecessarily. And, and we want to honor people's opinions. We should God has given us a heart and a mind and to think and to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so it's just, you can find very good arguments from Christians on both sides of this, the spectrum. That's not the topic of this, this discussion. But what was profound to me on that session was that there was tremendous unity. And it's, it really evolves around how we handle the distress of the times. And we had another meeting with several of the physicians and some leaders afterwards just to hear the heartbeat of the Lord. And there was a sense that God is calling us into this, into a, a strategy because what is he highlighting? There's a Jewish leap year that's going to start on Wednesday. There's two months of Adar. And Adar is the month in which the story of Esther occurs in Purim. And of course, that was when the, the, the curse was reversed and the enemy schemes was exposed and the, what was the victim became the victor. And I believe that's the season that God is bringing us into where he wants to help us gain strength to turn the battle at the gates of our, our nations. And I believe I have faith that God is going to build the wall even more securely, establish prophetic gatekeepers through this initiative that we're going to be launching throughout the months of Adar. And how are we going to, why are we going to do this? And let me just briefly outline what uh, we sense the Lord is saying that in, in biblical times, when there was a pestilence or a plague, God required his people to take an important spiritual stance, most notably in first or Second Samuel 24, after the census, God disciplined David, and David repented, and there was a plague that 
you know, killed many of the Israelites. But how did it break? David really repented, and he went and he bought the threshing floor of Aruna, upon which the future temple would be built. And so God uses all of these travesties for his good, but it does require us to stance. And we believe that God is calling us to take a stance, and he has released a strategy to, to counteract what we're all facing. And I don't know how many of you have heard and sensed the sound of fear in things that go out on our news or fear that's driving the news, fear that's even driving our, our, the body of Christ. And that's got to stop because our God is a God of life. He sees all of this. He's allowed it. Why? Because I believe he wants to strengthen the gates. He wants to strengthen the gates, spiritual gates of our nations. He wants to see the watchmen step up and take their place. Second Kings 11 is another scriptural resource, even though there, it wasn't a plague. It was a, an assignment of death to kill all of the inherited uh, seed of David. And God raised up the watchmen to set up the watch. And as they did so, as they came together and united, the true king would became, came forward, Joash. And so the, we're in a similar time where I believe God's preparing the nations for his return. And this is part of his plan. He's going to use this pestilence for his good. And I believe this is taking one step forward into his plan to help us establish the, the watch in the nations. This is not a, a ministry. Please, I, I try to say this as humbly as I can. It's not a ministry that we cooked up, but I believe it's a call of God. And I pray that everyone on this line hears the clarion call. And then it does not interfere with any church or ministry stream that's already established. We don't want to do that. We want to see that secured and established and strengthened as we as watchmen stand up and join together and begin to share and impart our insights across the nations. So the whole idea behind this is to is to mobilize a prayer during this month of Adar up to Purim, March 16th to 18th. How are we going to do that? We're going to dedicate the 3 p.m. watch. We're going to continue the morning and evening, but at 3 p.m., we're going to be really focusing on partially the COVID situation, which is a bigger, in, in many ways, there's a bigger expression beyond that that we're seeing that we'll be addressing as well. And we'll be getting out some prayer points, suggested prayer points for all of you. You stay on the, your 3 p.m. watches. We're going to add Saturday and Sunday watches to that so that it's continuing seven days a week, 3 p.m. Continuing Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time watches, but adding uh, a full week of the 3 p.m. watches. That means we'll need some more facilitators. And if you are interested in helping us um, be facilitators on these calls, uh, please notify us at info at theglobalwatch.com. We would welcome you aboard. We've done some trainings for people and, and it's a joy to be able to do, to serve in that way. Anyway, where is I at? The, so 3 p.m. is very significant. Why is 3 p.m. 
significant in the Bible. Throughout the Old Testament, it was the time of the evening sacrifice where the Jews met in the temple and worshiped the Lord. 3 p.m. was also the time when Jesus died and the veil in the temple was torn and access was forever opened to us to access the Holy of Holies. And 3 p.m., according to Acts 3, 1 through 10, was when the first healing happened after Pentecost. So we're in faith, I'm in faith, that we're going to see a shift in the governmental overreach through this two months of Adar strategy. We'll see an alignment and connection between prophetic uh, gatekeepers in the nations and a building up of the infrastructure of the national watches. I think there's gonna be nations coming on board, Canada, I'm hearing the sound from Canada, Mexico. There's some of you from different nations on this that you, I hope it inspires you to begin the building process. I believe we're going to start seeing a re revival outpourings. And we will be standing united as the enemy seeks division. Now, yesterday, we've had the privilege of working with the young adults in our church. We were leading their Sunday school the last few weeks. Fred, you can correct me on this, but it's been profound. God has dropped in the room, and both sessions ended up with these youngins, kids, <laughs> weeping. And I just am being very honest with each other about their struggles and praying strength into them. So it's the beginning of what I see could happen elsewhere, or the we're not in an outpouring, we're in a tender moment, I would say, with, with the Lord. But the breaking is beginning to happen. That's the strategy. We, uh, and then at the end, March 16th to the 18th, we're going to be calling for a fast. And if during the weeks of the seven weeks preceding that, and we're going to be drawing up an Esther decree. <laughs> and it will be, what is the Esther decree? Uh, I believe it's going to be a decree that how we stand as the body of Christ in days of adversity. How can we stand Esther? Who, she, when she, it's, it's here in Esther 4 or 16. Let me just read this. Go get, uh, this is what Esther said to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish. In America, we're facing laws that are increasingly regulatory and against the principles of the Declaration of Independence. And we witnessed last January 6th, people standing up for peace, but the enemy came and wrecked havoc and reversed what was meant to be peaceful and made it a curse. That's not the way we're going. We want to stand for peace and righteousness in the nations and unify the body of Christ in this, but also to be strong and of good courage.
because the enemy is trying to eat our lunch, basically. And there are ways out of this where we can stand under the covenant of blessing and unite for Jesus' sake across the nations. And it's up to God what he does. Some of this is judgments, but ultimately the purpose of judgments when they're allowed by God is to remove obstacles out of the way of his love. And Daniel will need to know how to stand like Daniel in, in, in days of judgment. Praying, he prayed three times a day, but we're going to have to pray twice a day and get into that discipline because that's the quiet, that's what's required. And I'm going to challenge every one of us. We can start these things off really good, but then by you know, the end of the month, things fall off. And I'm going to try to encourage everyone to push beyond what you feel like you can do to expand your heart. This is a heart expansion time to strengthen our hearts so that we can wield the sword in days of adversity. And so this, that's what this initiative is about. It's about strengthening us, actually, to turn the battle at the gate. And at the end, we will see what God will do. But my faith is that he will strengthen us all. He will encourage us all and help us all. There's a couple people on that I'd like to just call on to, to give you an idea of the battle that we're facing. Dr. David Marks, we've just been so blessed to get to know you over these past few weeks. I don't know where you came from, but God sent you. And uh, I would like you to hear a little bit of his story. Just recently, he's paid a heavy price as another other physician, some in Israel who have paid a heavy price to stand for what they believe. And this initiative is coming from people in the healthcare industry, as well as in the body of Christ, leaders in, in the prayer movement. And so this is a merging of those called to help heal. And so I hope that we're hearing this, the heartbeat behind this today. David, if you could speak, and then Daniel, Adrian, you've got some wisdom because you were in Washington, D.C. in January. I hope you don't mind me calling on you. I'd like you to speak into this as well. David? Susan and Fred and everyone, I'm so honored to be a part of this prayer call. And so I'll try to be really succinct. I've been in emergency medicine full time since 1994 as an emergency physician. And it really was just about six months ago that I really I have to just say that the Holy Spirit directed me to really look at the paradigm of how I was working and approaching COVID. I was part of emergency medicine right from the beginning of this pandemic. And I came to realize that indeed that there really was a gap in, in, in treatment and that gap involved early treatment. And in medicine, we've always tried to make diagnoses early to try to prevent. And so I, I made a dramatic shift as I listened to these doctors who were onto this. I learned and I watched them and I saw that these doctors themselves had nothing to gain and everything to lose by the stand that they were taking and the science that they were sharing. And as I looked at the, the science, I, it, the light went on as I really understood the whole disease process of COVID. And I made a decision that when I saw people in the department and, and made a, uh, a diagnosis of COVID and saw that they had 
really significant risk factors for becoming really severely ill within a week or so, I made the decision that I was going to start treating early. And at that time, I was convinced that ivermectin was a way to go along with vitamin D and C and zinc and, and all that. And it wasn't too long after that, that my superiors and I worked, I started working in a small hospital, a rural hospital. So that was the context. My superiors came to me and said, you can't do this. The, mal the malpractice will not cover you. And right then I, I drew a line in the sand and I was pretty passionate. And I told my superior, then you just tell me when you want my letter of resignation. I am convinced that this works and I, I have to do what is right. When I have something in my pocket that can help people and avert hospitalization and avert, and avert a deterioration in their condition, I've got to do it. I, it. It is, there's nothing, this is what I went into healthcare for. This is what I went into medicine for. This is what I gave my oath, the, the Hippocratic oath to. So he didn't like that. And it wasn't too long after that, that, that I developed a workaround and continued to prescribe. And it wasn't two, it was actually two weeks ago this past Friday that I was placed on administrative leave and I was not given any explicit reason. I'm convinced it wasn't any patient interaction that I had because I have, I've had no conflict with any patients. It was, I'm convinced it was, was my choice to, to use, utilize early treatment. The net out is that the following week after uh, meeting with legal counsel, I felt like the best way was to take the high road and to just offer my resignation immediately and not make a fight out of it. So that was the choice. And it was, it was a difficult choice, but it was an easy choice because the choice was based on my value system and what I felt, and I'm still absolutely convinced is right. And it was also inspired by those doctors that I chose to start listening to and listening to their stories, their, their science that they presented. And so many of those doctors have gone the path before me and they have lost their jobs. And so I knew that it was only a matter of job, a matter of time before I would be faced with the same thing. And so I really counted an honor to, to be a part of that same team. Thank you, David, for taking the stance that you've taken. You're helping us help helping navigate the, the strategy for this whole initiative. And we're believing that God, what God, the enemy meant for evil, God is going to mean for good. And you, there's going to be uh, a great door, effectual door for you opening. Daniel, Adrian, are you there? Would you mind just briefly telling us your concerns about, I thought you had a lot of wisdom in one of your messages to us just the other day about the truck caravan with your experience in January 6th in Washington, DC? Yeah, 100%. I, I can't help myself, but just say this doctor's testimony, it's, this could be my dad. My dad's a doctor in Southern California and uh, he's had his own practice for 40 plus years. And so fortunately he is, he's had his own office and his own private practice for decades and he's, he was positioned about as strong as you could possibly be because he was the head of what's called the Independent Physicians Association in, in Santa Barbara. And he was the head doctor of that. And then also he was the number one doctor from our local newspaper for five out of seven years, at least up until the time I left Santa Barbara and I wasn't tracking that anymore. But 
he's still actively taking care of patients with those same early protocols that this other doctor shared. He's still in practice, but he's just basically saying the exact same thing. So I can't help. I'm a son of physicians and nurses and my grandparents were both doctors. So I feel like I just had to say that's exactly where my family's coming from too and seeing results. And my sister's a nurse and lost her job and it's a wild time. As far as what I wrote at the, on the Global Watch, shortly after I got, like the day after, I think on January 7th, I wrote something, just a report of my experience in Washington, D.C. And the title of what I wrote was Sheep Without a Shepherd. Because what I, what I saw, what happened on the 6th was a, a total lack of coordination or like leadership. And as to try to make a long story really short, when I saw the, the trucker movement coming out of Canada, I love Canada. I, I live about an hour and a half from Canada. And I went to Israel with a whole busload of Canadians and we had a big cry and fast in the desert with Beitin Grzeski and Lou Engel and Patricia King. And that was a highlight of my life in 2015. And my heart got really connected to some Canadians there. And anyways, as I saw all the trucks heading to Ottawa, I couldn't help but think of my experience on January 6th and just thought this seems so similar where you've got, we had tens of thousands or millions of us went to Washington, D.C., and, and there was really, there were some events, obviously, in the morning on, that was one day, but in the afternoon, there was just this general idea, we're all going to walk down to the Capitol and protest peacefully, but there wasn't, there was no leadership or, or direction. And uh, I think Americans from the U.S. were more susceptible to throwing the tea into the ocean through the gates. And the Canadians are more peaceful in general. That's more their identity. So I think that they're, they're less likely to have the same problems that we had. But I just really felt like we, we need to really pray for Canada right now. And there's a global movement that's being inspired by the Canadian truckers. And on the one hand, it's really exciting. But I know that, that based on my experience, I literally got people worshiping and singing that song in the middle of what was happening on January 6th. And I know we shifted the atmosphere. I believe it was supposed to be a hundred times more intense than what people saw on the news. Very, there were very few reports of violence. And I mean, there were, there was issues and that's maybe another story, but I think it was supposed to be a lot worse is what I guess I'm trying to say that there was millions of us there and relatively few were causing trouble. But I just, I think that we really have to pray that, that God helps these Canadian truckers. They're really taking a stand for freedom for their country. And, and it's a wild time. You have to realize the weather is really intense right now. I'm in North Idaho, very close to the Canadian border. And, and it's just really cold right now. And these truckers are out there. It's gridlocked. And it's in some ways, it, it's a recipe for a wonderful breakthrough. It's a recipe for disaster, but it hangs on the, a knife's edge. And so I just, I really feel like intercessors and the church really need to pray right now. Yeah. I didn't post this, but there is, the Canadians have this sort of network of apostolic leaders and network of prophetic people. And they just, the, the, the network of prophetic people that I follow just posted this thing about how this movement is inspiring hope. There's so many people that are depressed and beaten down and discouraged. And this is really giving people hope, but it can so easily be twisted around. I've already seen 
Canadian you know, leaders in the political uh, class or, or major leaders that are not believers saying that this is all about white supremacy and da 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 da, da and what, whatever. It, it basically, it's just a really intense time for Canada. It's, yeah. it's exciting, but I think that just if you, it, we, it feels like we're in the times of Joshua again, where they, we really need the strategy of the Lord. Because when Israel turned their eyes off the Lord in battle, there was a lot of casualties and it feels very similar. And if you read the story of Jericho, Joshua rose early in the morning. He sought the Lord and he got direction from God. And that's what was lacking on, in January. Yeah. And in, in my nation's capitals, we did not have leaders that were directing the people. There was no sense of what we were to do. There were, there, and so I have a, the same burden for these truckers who have a lot of zeal. And I'm not trying to cast judgment in a negative way. I'm just saying we need to pray that, that God directs them. Some of them are believers. Some of them aren't. And it's also inspiring something around the world. But this could really quickly flip and be, be seen as an anti-government, insurrectionist, global, anti-vax movement that gets really ugly fast. And if we've got food shortages, if the truckers actually stop driving for a while, we could have a global problem like next week. So Revelation uh, cautions that there will be a a supply shortage. Why don't you just pray into that, Daniel? Father, we just thank you that uh, you are the king of kings. And Lord, you said, seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. So, Father, we just come to you first as your church who loves you, and we pray that your kingdom would come. Lord, we know that you are a God who heals, who provides, who multiplies bread. And, Father, in a time of so much pressure, and, Lord, just being right next to the Canadian border, God, our hearts are our burden for for those of us, those brothers and sisters in the north and those that are just so close to us here up in North Idaho, God, we just, I just pray that you would give your strategies. I thank you for testimonies of churches that are providing meals to these truckers. Lord, we pray for peace over Ottawa. We pray your kingdom come in Ottawa. We pray for salvations. We thank you for the reports of the gospel going forth. Lord, we just thank you for reports of hope being stirred we pray, Lord, that you that your message would come through, and we pray for freedom in Canada, Lord, once again, God. We just pray that the oppression would cease, and uh, Lord, that you would help these Canadians that are cold and taking a stand in really harsh weather right now, and I, I just pray that you'd protect their, their heart, their message, Lord. We pray for the police in Canada Lord, that they would walk with with wisdom and uh, Lord, that there would not be clashes and violence, but Lord, that there would be a spiritual battle and it would be one in the spirit. And Father, we just pray that these truckers would know what to do when we pray against just unnecessary violence and death. And Lord, we just, we stand maybe a thousand miles away and say, Lord, help them and free them. And we just pray for the other nations that are just taking the cue from the Canadians and and driving. Lord, just reports from Denmark and Australia and probably many other nations, but I've just heard of those nations where there's a lot of truckers beginning to drive. Lord, give them wisdom. I pray that you would just coordinate 
And Lord, those that don't knew, know you would find you, God. Maybe they would be just shook up by, they just don't know what to do. But Lord, I pray that they would become Jehoshaphats. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, Lord. And that you would direct this whole orchestra, Lord, because there's no other conductor that can really do it. So we pray that you would help be with your church. And uh, Lord, help, help intercessors to pray, Lord. Help us to really be on guard. We just thank you for the Canadians cry we stand on guard for you canada and we just come alongside canada right now and and just stand on guard for her from the other nations and just from south of the border we just i bless you canada i pray that you would you'd help these precious people to stand and lord you protect them in jesus name amen amen thank you daniel that was there's a lot of wisdom in what you just spoke and we so appreciate you bringing that forward let me i'd like to just step in here for a minute and kind of try to bring this all together because we're getting close to the end of the hour here. And so what we want to, I want people to understand is that <clears throat> is God motivated you to, you felt like you heard from the Lord about something. We, is something had to do with COVID and it had to do with the spiritual uh, forces behind COVID. And we got together with a group of doctors and one of the doctors was Dr. Ayman in, in Egypt, and he led us to the whole issue of Esther and the whole battle that went on in that story, which is a great story, and it's real and it's true. And Esther was certainly a hero in that battle, but one of the unsung, in many ways, heroes of that battle was actually Mordecai. And Mordecai was really a watchman over the situation and was had his eyes on what was going on. And basically Esther said, if I perish, but it was Mordecai said, you need to speak up. You can't be silent. And, and Mordecai was, took the stance of this. Basically, I will not keep silent until my voice is heard. And we picked up on that because we believe that th there's the, there's two aspects to the battle. There's the on the ground battle over COVID but there's a spiritual battle with spiritual forces behind it. And it's not, it, it's the spiritual forces are using COVID, but it's not just about COVID alone. And, and we as watchmen have a call and a responsibility, I believe, to go after the spiritual, the spiritual battle. Actually, we have a call to go after both sides of the battle, but, the, but we can unite on the spiritual aspect. The on the ground battle is something that we all have to take a look at in, in terms of what is our stance going to be. And for physicians, I completely relate to Dr. David that it's impossible. If you know the truth, it's impossible not to act on that. You can't as a physician and as being about healing, if you know that there's something and the science backs it up, that will help people, that will heal them, that will sa save them from death, from hospitalization, you have to you have to advocate for that no matter what the consequences and th this is the these are the hard decisions that we're all having to face and we're all having to make we're needing to seek the truth and but then we're needing to act on it that's part of what we're called to do but as watchmen so we have two battles going on we have the on the ground battle that we're called to fight and different ones of us are are going to fight it in different ways but then we have the spiritual battle that, and this is where the global watch comes in, is that the spiritual battle is that between now and March 18th, we're starting on Wednesday, going through March 18th, we're going to have a, uh, our daily prayer and worship set that is going to be 
looking at this issue and basically saying in the spirit, we will not be silent until we see a breakthrough. And this is, we're believing by faith, we're believing that there is going to be a, a tremendous breakthrough that's um, going to be a result of these prayers. It's going to go until March 18th, which is the end of Purim. And, and so we're going, to, we're going to mobilize around that. The rest of the watch is going to be, we're going to be doing our, our sessions as usual, but every day, including Saturday and Sunday, which we're not doing now, the 3 p.m. Jerusalem time watch is going to be dedicated to this. And uh, so we need, because we're watch, we're presenting this to you. We need to all seek the Lord. We need to hear, you need to hear from the Lord individually and decide what your whether you can agree with this or not and what your stance is. But we're believing that we're going to see, we're going to see great things happen. It doesn't take a huge number of people. It just takes a small remnant who are hearing from God and are willing to act. So this is why this is so uh, vitally important. So, and, and Fred, what you were just saying outlines the scriptural central portion of this, which is Isaiah 62, six and seven, the initiatives called the call, a call to the wall and the Esther decree. And it's Isaiah 62, six and seven. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establish, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. And I just want to point out that Isaiah 62, 6 and 7 is significant because it, it is a central verse to what we're doing in the Global Watch. And it was spoken in synagogues around the world on 9-11-2001 during the attacks in New York City and the Pentagon here in the United States. And of course, that attack, 9-11 attack, is, changed the course of world history. And it, is, it was also spoken at the dedication of Herrenhut in 1722. We, this is now 300 years later. We're in the 300-year anniversary of that a dedication of that village that launched 24-7 prayer for over 100 years and is credited as the birthplace of the modern missions movement. So there's historic significance all converging into this initiative. That's, that's it. Is there any questions? Well, and then we need a few people to pray into this. We'll have more of a prayer time and focus worship time on Wednesday when this launches. Oh, and that's the other thing. Wednesday, 3 p.m. at the Jerusalem time is the Israel Watch. And lo and behold, that's... Uh, Adar one, the first of the first month of Adar. So that's going to launch this initiative. And we'll have more, hopefully, Dr. Iman from Egypt on that call and others who will speak into it. There's a physician in Israel that's starting to get involved. And we just believe it's an Esther time. Yeah, so I think that we're, I think we need to, we need to address right. our session, our next, the next 3 p.m. session to um two questions and to have more of a discussion because we're just presenting it today uh, this is not going to be a good time for questions because we're right at the end of the hour i think mm -hmm. we need to have a couple people just pray into this that we would we this is not about us we're simply seeking god's will and we we just need to pray for his 
guidance and his wisdom in this. So we need to have a, just a couple people pray into that before we close. Jan Stephenson from New Zealand, if you would like to start us off with that, we'd really appreciate it. Father God, we thank you um, for the Esther call. We thank you that this is a call to, to partner with you, to stand in the gap for the land, for the nation, for the people. And so we, this hour, present ourselves for consecration to you for the journey forward. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, uh, to speak to our hearts, to show us, Lord, what our part is in this. Um, we can only do this with you. We know that unless you build the house, we will labor in vain. <laughs> so, Lord, we pray that this would be your labor of love, as it always is, to bring heaven to earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Fred, there's one other person I want to have speak. Holly Hoskins has, uh, and it goes along with this whole conversation has felt the Lord lead her to start a family watch. Holly, would you like to just speak into this just briefly? It'll start next yes. week or no, in two weeks. In two weeks. Hi, everybody. I just, I just wanted to say that I totally in agreement with all of these things. And I, I feel like the Lord has really spoken to a lot of people about the need to contend for families and to stand firm in God's heart for families. And so on February 14th, we'll be starting a family watch where we will, yes, be supporting each other, especially those of us in difficult situations, but really as watchmen looking and praying into what God's heart is for families, that marriages actually represent um, the union that Christ wanted it to be between him and his bride, and that we are contending for our kids and that we just have an opportunity to pray and stand together for God's heart for families and their unity and that they can be joining together in prayers. I've been hearing this family altars of prayers and different calls, and I really feel like God is calling us to that. I look forward to that starting and us really contending for that part of the body of Christ, the nuclear family that, that we have. So thank you, thank you, you Sue. You have a, an exact date when that's going to start when you're going to start that february 14th at 3 p.m jerusalem time is that right sue yes yes and uh, along with that we're this isn't this is just a preliminary thing and it's just in the early formations but if you know of people who are 40 and under we, we're looking at malachi 4 5 and 6 very hard very strongly that God is highlighting it, that he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers and see a, a next generation watch uh, begin to lead us together in that. And so <clears throat> there's a lot that we can deal with alongside of that. It's, it runs in the vein of the family watch, but is, it will be distinct from that in that we'll be dealing with the issues of the generations. Amen. So that was an announcement about a new watch that's coming up. But let's go back to praying about the, just about this initiative, what we're starting off, that we need to be led by the Lord and, and just follow him. Just let's have, I'm not going to call on people. Let's just have two or three more people praying to this, just short prayers, and we'll agree. I'd like to pray and just thank you, Lord, that you are raising the troops 
that you are setting people in their places, in their positions along the wall, that you are stirring hearts, you're opening mouths, you're giving us boldness that we stand with you and that may we be the hearts of Esther and Mordecai and all those that have gone before and we continue the work that has begun in the past and into the present and the future. And we just praise and thank you for this opportunity and this time. We thank you for your love and your faithfulness and that you go with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead, one or two more people, just go ahead. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are a father of covenant and you're the father of all the families of the earth. And we thank you for this opportunity that we can stand together as your family. And you came, Lord Jesus, you said, I've come to bring life in abundance. And Esther cried out for her people for life. And we're going to pray, Father, and we're going to thank you for your strategy that your resurrection life from the dead will prevail in the hearts of your people, in the salvation of people, in the healing and deliverance of people, and the formation of Christ in us and in your people in the nations, and that you would have your bride arising, full of your love and your life in allegiance and obedience to you. We pray you would do this in each one of us, just as Esther was the bride of the king, and we would have courage to come behold before you and behold your face and hear your heart and be obedient to your strategy, as she was with the banquets, Lord, that evil will be exposed, uprooted, torn down, and demolished. And you will be able to bring a Baal Parazim breakthrough, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Hillary. Go ahead. Let's have a couple more people just praying to this. I would, <clears throat> like to, I would like to pray into this from Psalm 84, verse 5, 4 and 5. No, wait a minute. 5 and 6. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, you, Yahweh. <clears throat> whose heart are the highways to Zion, passing through the valley of weeping, Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also fills the pools with blessings. Seven, they go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Each of them appears before God in Zion. And then Esther 4 verse 2, it speaks of Mordecai. He came and stood before the king's gate. For no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. Father, I pray that you would give us divine strategy. As we have set our eyes on Zion, all of us implanted within every heart is this journey, this pilgrimage that we will stand before you in Zion. And until we do, we pass through every valley of Baca. Father, we go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power as we hear from you by your spirit, as we lean in to gain divine strategy that we might not enter the gates with the old things of the past, that we would not enter in with sorrow from the past. Father, I pray that we would declare rightly 
that we would enter in and create and decree a decree that will overturn the former death decrees over yes. our people and over our nations. Watch in Esther 8. She said this, after all of this had transpired, she says, well, how can I endure to see the evil that has shall come upon my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Today, we stand with, like in the spirit of Esther, how can we stand to see the destruction of our nations, of our people through mandates that have been set forth to decrease population. Father, we declare today, thank you for your watchmen. Thank you for eyes to see and ears to hear and mouth that will decree what we see by your spirit. We give you thanks. Amen. 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 Oh, that, that is so good. Can, yeah. If you can write that out, <laughs> please. I think yeah. that, that that's a guidepost prayer. I would like to just take, hang on to your patience just a minute. This is how God is building things. This Esther initiative, and then we're in the nation's rage. God's setting the foundations for life. And I would like to have Shirley Momberg just speak out what we're going to be doing after we do the nation's rage starting in April. I, I want to wet people's spirit that God is a God of life. So, Shirley. Hi, thank you, Sue. We're going to be talking about prophecy and personal prophecy. And the three major areas that we will cover are ownership, excellence, and stewardship. Secondly, contending and fighting the good fight of faith. And thirdly, carrying and seeing the prophecies fulfilled. Weaved into these three areas is the journey of transitioning from prophecy received to prophecy fulfilled through the seven C's. It's a play on the word C, which are um, consider, which is discerning, judging, testing the words that you've received. Number two, categorizing them, identifying, sorting, and interpreting them. Number three, custodianship stewardship, ownership, and excellence. Number four, contending. That's fighting the good fight, warring with those words and building the courage within us. Number five, carrying. It's carrying those words where we talk about faith, perseverance, and victories. Number six is completion. That is where the prophecy is fulfilled. We talk about the goodness of God and the importance of recording his goodness. And then finally, number seven is celebrate, where we look at thankfulness, the altar and commissioning. And there are many who have a passion and a zeal for the prophetic, but they find it to be shrouded in profound mystery. There are many questions and answers seem to take forever. Jeremiah 33 verse three is a hidden treasure that needs to be prayerfully excavated. And there are several reasons why some people are indifferent to prophecy. Number one, they don't believe or understand it. Number two, they weren't exposed to prophecy or had very limited exposure to prophecy. Number three, they don't have a revelation of the value of prophecy. Number four, those who have been hurt by a prophetic word or a prophetic person. Number five, for some, the delay of fulfillment has been so long 
that hope deferred has made the heart sick. Number six, those disappointed by prophecy, things didn't work out the way they'd hoped. And number seven, those who no longer have a need for prophecy, they are settled and comfortable in their lives. There's a saying that says needs that are met no longer motivate. Then we have timing, being in a season of hiddenness, incubation. We have idolatry, we have pride and fear of what it's going to cost, fear of failure and fear of success. And this is where you come into it. Those who have received many prophecies, and I just, and I just sense that there are many sitting with these promises from God. When people receive a prophetic word, there is often a discrepancy between what the Lord is speaking over them and their reality. And they end up shelving the word because it doesn't align with their reality. They shelve the prophetic words because they have so many words over them and they start to feel the weight of potential. They shelve and reject it because they are not able to bring their belief system into alignment. They aren't able to integrate it. Some people have seeds that have been sown and planted ages ago, decades ago. Those need to come up into maturity. There are those that need to be brought up into maturity. And this is an invitation for you to come up higher, not just to see the fulfillment of the word, but to see the fullness of the prophetic God as God has called you, as he has established it before the foundations of the earth, as it is brought into fruition and manifestation. So I'm encouraging you to come into the fullness of the promise. The Lord is going to give you strategy to do this. And he's giving us grace for the process. Shirley, thank you so much. Shirley has a PhD in the prophetic ministry. Can you believe that? Out of Bethel and is involved in many prophetic streams. And I believe that this is, we're going to go through this Esther thing to bring life. And then we're moving into, see how God put these beautiful blocks right in front of us. The pathway is being made to go through the sea. And we're going to land on the other side into the promised land towards fall. And I just, I'm just so thankful for people on the watch that are coming forward with their giftings and giving it to us. So it's, thank you, Shirley. And we're yeah. looking forward to that. So just to clarify, Shirley is going to be is going to be After. mentoring us in the prophetic, and it's going to be as part of the journey, and it's going to be after we are done with the with the, the nation's rage. And so no matter how long you've been walking in the prophetic, Shirley is going to deepen your understanding and, and your walk. There's no doubt about it. So thank mm -hmm. you, Shirley. Really looking forward to this. We are thank thank everybody for your participation in this for your thoughtful prayers as we move forward. And, and we are believing that the Lord is going to do great things with this. And in 2022, Hannah, could you from Canada, would you please um, close us off in prayer? I'd be delighted to. Thank you, Fred. Abba, 
We are so grateful for this time together. We're so grateful for your hand at work. We're so grateful for your heart, Lord, that is building us, Lord. You're building us on so many levels, Abba, right now. It's an ecclesia calling. It's a bridal calling. It's a maturity calling. Father, I, I sense it all. And today, Father, I want to thank you, especially for new voices rising up. Maybe they're not new to anyone else on the watch. But Father, you've taught me to watch for the end time voices. And I see this in Dr. David. I see this in Daniel. I see this in Shirley on the few times I've been on watches with her, Father. I, My ear just tweaks and I catch something in the spirit, Lord, that just delights me. It draws me deeper into you. It draws me deeper into hope. I'm seeing such a shift of positioning right now, Father. I just, I, something inside me is just jumping up and down that, that Dr. David has left his practice, Father, because I believe you're shifting him into kingdom purposes now, Father, in a way I, I don't understand, but I'm weeping inside, Lord, with joy. And I, I just want you to help us as watchmen catch the fullness, Father, of what you're doing right now and to catch the joy in it, Lord. These are exciting days we're living in. Yes, they're costly. And yes, they are difficult. And we will shed many tears before this is over. But Father, there's an undergirding joy that we should be catching at the same time. That the kingdom is here and it's being built and it's being established, Father. And it will come up through people that we least expected, Father. Names that we didn't know. Not big many ministries in the earth, Father, but your people that you're rising up as Esther for such a time as this. So I just speak encouragement over every single heart that's still on the call, Lord. That, that we enter into this new venture, this double aider. It, it is a double blessing if we catch it, Lord. And I just, oh, what an invitation. We say yes. We just say yes.